I am Jim Collison, and this is Gallup's Called the Coach, recorded on August 23rd, 2022. Called the Coach is a resource for those who want to help others discover and use their strengths. We have Gallup experts. And independent strengths coaches share tactics, insights, and strategies to help coaches maximize the talent of individuals, teams, and organizations around the world. If you're listening live and you don't see the chat room, there's a link right above me to it. Love to click in that. Take your questions live and in chat uh, or uh, in YouTube uh, right after the fact. You can always send us an email, coaching at gallop.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Call the Coach on your favorite podcast app or right there on YouTube so you never miss an episode. Dr. Jacqueline Robinson is our host today. She works as a learning and development consultant with Gallup and is the host of season one of the new Clifton Strengths podcast, which has done really well. Congratulations. Hey, hey, thank Jacqueline. You. Great to see you. Welcome back to Called the Coach. Thank you. I feel like it's been so long. <laughs> well, the last time I saw it, it's been a while. We batched recorded all of season one of, of the Clifton Strengths podcast and then yeah. Uh, life happens. We're back together. We're in part one of a three-part series. Well, if you're listening to this on YouTube or as part of the podcast, there'll be two other episodes around these kind of the difficulties we're having in the workplace. We're following up on this. I think a lot of folks, I mean, there's been a lot, we spent a lot of time talking about this during the pandemic, but Mm -hmm. as we're kind of on the backside of that, whatever that means, we're, we're still kind of having these discussions and today's discussion is around a burnout and, and kind of yeah. where we are today. I think we know a lot more today than we knew uh, two or even a year ago. Jacqueline, get, give us some quick touch points on, on what you're hearing and what you're seeing. Let's set the stage for this idea of burnout. Yes. So if we think about burnout, um, back in 2019, even pre-COVID, 76% of individuals, uh, employees, we're saying they felt burned out at least sometimes at work. Um, then COVID hit <laughs> and we had all the social and racial um, justice movements, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's probably amplified. Now we're hearing it framed up as quiet quitting. Um, we actually did at Gallup do some recent research on managers and found that one in four, only one in four strongly agrees that they have a, a great work-life balance. So Burnout and well-being are pretty tethered together at this point. Yeah, I think w- w- you and I were chatting a little bit in pre-show about this, and I think we're in this perfect storm where as yeah. we're pulling out of this, we have a generation, a work culture generation that I would say we've overpromised to in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, right? We spend a lot of time saying, go to college, get a, get a degree, you're going to like, your career will thrive. be, it'll be easy street, you know, it'll, this will be, and, and I, and I think about all the things that have happened. Um, now when I go talk to college students and I just look in their eyes, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this has been difficult and it has like the college yes. experience was tough. And, and even for the new workforce, as we think about the, 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 anybody who started has a new career in the last five years, mm-hmm. it has been a lot of turmoil. Right. And, and it's the rugs kind of been pulled out from underneath them. Right. So, It's, I think we're dealing with a lot of that as well as some miss, maybe some misset expectations, some misset cultural expectations. Okay. But let me preface that with this. And maybe you can talk a little bit about this. That comes from a very Western American cultural. What I just said is very American. It's very Western, very cultural. 
But we are hearing inklings of burnout around the world. As you're mm-hmm. in the work that you're doing and thinking, what else are you hearing or, or, or what are our counterparts? Uh, in, and we certainly you can put some, if you're listening to this outside the United States, you can throw some comments in chat as well. But what else are you hearing from outside the United States? I think there's probably, when we look at the contributing factors to burnout in the workplace, um, those that are even international are are saying the same thing whenever we're looking at engagement data or talking with them about well-being because they're burned out. Um, but what we're we're finding in terms of primary causes is that it's how people are managed and how they experience work. Mm-hmm. And so across the world, if people have a lack of communication, if they feel like their work is a pressure cooker because they have too much on their plate and they might not have clarity on what their role or responsibility should be, especially if they're short-staffed and now they're taking on the work of more individuals and for how long are they doing that? Um, those have been some hot topics for workplaces. And then if they feel like there's some unfair treatment in the workplace or that they don't feel cared for in the workplace, um, that's all contributing to their burnout. So yeah, I would say even though burnout to us might feel different because the Western world, we love working 40 to 60 hours a week. I say love. All of us are looking, wanting that six-week vacation like they have in Europe. (laughs) But uh, when we look at the actual drivers of burnout, that's seen and heard across the world. I think we have some recent numbers from Europe that are saying some of, uh, in in help me with the, the actual pieces, but we're seeing a very, very low um, engagement in at work and very, very mm-hmm. high well-being from a from from a personalized standpoint. And and so they're it they're struggling to get that to get that that mix. Do you know can you speak any more on that yes. on that piece? That was pretty recent. Yeah, I I and when I look at what we've been doing at Gallup and I look at other articles, for sure people are starting to really realign themselves with what's purposeful. Um, And oftentimes that might be outside of the workplace because the pandemic really had people stop and think about what their values are, the family and friends they have in their social network. And if the work, the work life isn't offering that, then where can they get that outside of work? And I think that's where we're seeing some of the quiet quitting that we keep hearing too. Yeah. Which you and I just call the not engaged employees. Actively or actively. Doing doing just what you need to do, but being able to say no. But there's also... um, I think a beauty to that of people saying, no, it's too much. I have too much on my plate already. I need to take a breather. And we know that the five elements of well-being, if those aren't um, built in to someone's day-to-day where they feel like they're thriving, that's contributing to burnout. Yeah. I think one more signal, and we'll talk about some things to, to as, as we think about this idea of burnout, some things we can do from, mm-hmm. from either a management perspective or from a coaching perspective. I'm reading a lot on Facebook and my kids are all, you know, in that millennial group. And so I follow a bunch of their friends as well mm-hmm. And kind of the overarching thought that I've seen over the last, I don't know, four or five weeks is it, especially uh, with this term quiet quitting as, as, you know, really just doing what's expected of you is, you know what, that's enough that, that I'm, mm-hmm. by the way, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but the, the generation is saying, that amount of work is the right amount of work. Why would you do more? We have spent Mm -hmm. culturally, and again, speaking from a very uh, uh, US-centric idea, we spent a lot of time 
overextending ourselves in the jobs that we're doing and doing it yes. proudly. I have quotes coming up. Yes. On <laughs> right. And we're reconciling this, right? I think this is where what, what we're spending a lot of time as a culture is reconciling. What have we done or what was expected of us during, during and post pandemic? What's the reality of it? Is that all mm-hmm. worth it? And so I, when you start losing hope, when you start asking that question of, is yes. this action worth it? Yes. That's a, that's a hope question. That's like, uh, well, I hope it's worth it. <laughs> yes. Right. That yes. hope when it's not, when it mm-hmm. leads to not be, then we lose hope. And we know that I think that burnout is a lot of hopelessness in it. Like, Oh, is it going to be this yeah. way for the rest of my life? Right. Yes. People are thinking on those terms. Okay. Anything else you want to add? And before we, we kind of dig into some some things we're thinking around this yeah. as far as ways to mitigate it. I like what you just said. And, and I imagine that's a contributing factor to the great reshuffle yeah. that we've seen where people are kind of questioning that. Is there hope? Do I see myself here in the future? If not, where can I go and thrive in a different organization or outside of work entirely? Well, you, you bring up a lot of good points. And I think the I think the questions in the Q12 from a management or from a coach perspective, the questions mm-hmm. we have are still super valid. I've had some folks, Jacqueline, ask yes. after this, where we're at today, are those questions still valid? And I think they're they're more valid than they've ever been right now when we think yes. about, especially the back end of those questions. Do I have a best friend at work? Is someone there who cares about me, cares about my development, right? Some of those, yes. some of those me questions in there, especially in those areas kind of matter. So how can we overcome as we think of this, this burnout, what, what are some clues? This may not be the be all end all, but we've got some clues here to help Jacqueline. What, uh, how can we be thinking about this? Initially, just straight off the bat from a strengths based perspective. Um, I like people to do that gut check of, do you feel like you are experiencing anxiety or um, depression? Is there a state of uneasiness? Are you upset for the day? Are you happy for the day? Because that might be a good gut check of whether you're overusing or underusing your themes. So um, first things first, just just thinking about, am I overusing a theme? Like achiever or responsibility. I've put so much on my plate. I don't even know what's purposeful anymore and what's just stuff I've said yes to. Um, And so really just pausing to go, I need to give this talent theme some rest. Let me sort my affairs, identify what is purposeful, figure out if I can eliminate or delegate the rest and see if that puts me at ease a little bit more. Um, so it's, it's thinking about how do we regulate our themes more? Um, we would even say that for managers, how can you use your talent themes to help you lead your team and really start to identify matching talent to task with them? Because if you have each of the individual contributors on your team playing to their strengths, everyone's going to be a lot more productive um, and, and feel like they're thriving more. Um, so that's, I always go straight to strengths first. Yeah. Yeah. Anything Q, that you would contribute yeah. to that too. Q3, right. Um, I get the opportunity yes. to do what I do best every day. Let's just bring it back to that. I yes. think in this reshuffling, I think a lot of folks hopefully reshuffled in the sense or, or, or during the great resignation, mm-hmm. as some like to call it reshuffled in a sense to get closer to that. But what if they didn't, I mean, what if it was just a jump? to jump. They took the money option. A lot of, I mean, you know, we, yeah. we, we're, we're in a period of great inflation as well. 
And so some people took a jump for that. What if they do, what if a, a manager has made the jump in, in has a new team that's not aligned that way or an individual made that a jump? What can they, what do you think they can do? Okay. So today's the day. Am I engaged as well in this <laughs> job as I was before? And does it line up with my strengths? What kind of things can they do to, to, to help with that today if they didn't? Um, I think about an activity that probably a lot of people that are tuned in have done, but where we ask people to list out their five key priorities or five primary responsibilities of the role and then start to map their strengths to it. Um, if there's a, a gap and you don't see how one of your strengths connects, can you have a conversation with your manager about how to manage that more effectively? Or do you have a thought partner or partner in general on your team um, or across the organization that can support you with that activity? So it's being a little bit more intentional about what it is you're doing every day and the strengths you have, whether you've taken Clifton strengths or whether you're just thinking about what you naturally do and can contribute to that responsibility. Um, Gallup would also say, get role clarity from your manager to make sure that you know what you should be focused on and what excellence looks like in the role. Mm -hmm. so even going back to engagement with Q1, I know it's expected of me at work. Now we've seen that super theme of people don't know what's expected because they might be, you know, um, they might be in a new position and they're just quick with onboarding because the organization short staffed and they just need to get them going fast. So that person needs role clarity to know what exactly they're getting into, or they might already be in an existing organization and they're taking on a lot of roles and for how long, what should they be focused on primarily? So that's where that role clarity with the manager can help and the manager getting role clarity as well. So I'm going to keep looping in them since they're also going through a lot of burnout right now. Yeah, I do. I do think what, sometimes what we're missing in organizations is the manager of managers. I spent a mm -hmm. lot of time last year talking about this as we were talking about teamwork. Um, you know, we did a whole series on teamwork in the workplace. We spent some time talking about all the coaching, con the five coaching conversations that were yes. that managers can do with 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 their with the folks that they manage. Um, a, a good reminder of that is you think about getting role clarity. Oftentimes that role clarity needs to come from the manager. How, mm -hmm. how bold should we be, do you think? And I think there's never been a better time. So this is maybe a, a rhetorical yes. question, but how bold do you think we need to be if we don't have that clarity to get with our manager to get it? Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yes. I'd say take the risk <laughs> because it doesn't feel like a risk if you are getting a, a better idea of what excellence looks like in the role and where you should be spending most of your time. Um, probably also for an individual, that's going to help, you know, if I have to spend 80% of my time in this bucket and I didn't know that I had to spend that much time there and I don't like it, that might be a wake up call or you might thrive and you love it. And if you are burned out all of a sudden now you're re-energized. Um, so I think there's just a lot of overall benefits of having that conversation with management, but even in our, our leadership briefings, when we're talking with leaders and managers about the state of their organization, based on their engagement survey, that's been coming up a lot. And we keep reiterating with managers and leaders, you've got to have the conversations because at the local level, people want to know what they should be focused on and what the team goals are. And at the organization level, especially with return to work, they want to know 
what's our North Star? What are the organization's goals? Where are we heading? And that's really unclear for a lot of people right now. I think there's been with a lot of movement, there's been a lot of disruption, not just in in uh, uh, in what we're doing and what we're expected, but in those mm-hmm. social constructs at work, the support systems we used to have, Q10, best friend at work, um, yeah. those, those support systems are a little out of like, how, how important is it that we also spend some time reestablishing the social structures at in, in a place where we might be fully remote? Like a lot of folks took jobs. They moved from a local job to a remote job because everybody was accepting mm-hmm. remote jobs. But now those social structures aren't around them. They can't even go. They don't even have a place to go into. How important is it that they spend some time building those stru- those social structures back? I think that's huge. Having an accountability buddy, which is my favorite word to use, they can be so helpful. And they oftentimes see what we can't if we're overworking or um, if we're burned out. Sometimes they remember the passions and interests we have and can kind of fan those flames again of, of interest. Um, so I think we going back to the keyword intentionality, we have to be really intentional and think about who it is that we used to partner with a lot. How do we start to build in maybe five-minute conversations once a week just to touch base with each other or um, connect with each other on text? Some organizations, they, they've got their friends in their phone, their work friends in their phone, and they can just text back and forth or use Teams um, or Slack or whatever method is possible. But they can be so helpful. And what we're sharing with managers and leaders is um, when people are onboarded in, because we are in this remote work situation or hybrid a lot of the time, they also have to be intentional about setting up meet and greets with those new team members so that they can start to build those connections. Otherwise, they feel like it's it's an uphill battle to try and make connections in the workplace because, mm-hmm. to your point, there's no location for some people. Yeah. I, uh, there's a little discussion going on in chat, and I, I might have sparked this yeah. this idea of, of back to work. And listen, we've been working, just to be honest, it, it's mm-hmm. a phrase, and maybe I said that, it's a phrase that I think we've said, and, it's, and, and I like the idea of trying to get that out of the vernacular. That's so true, Nate. Like we've uh-huh. been, yeah, we've been working. Um, uh, it may be a return to the office or, I mean, it's been so disrupted in so many ways mm-hmm. and, and, and now I might have a job that's fully remote. I'm, I'm not going yes. into the office. I'm not seeing people on a regular basis. I have to be strategic and I have to be aggressive. I think at times about reaching out to others to make that connection, whether it's, uh-huh. you mentioned that, whether it's on text or FaceTime or WhatsApp or Slack or, or the teams, if it's, if it's internal, whatever, right. Some of those pieces of being intentional about making connections as I've been going back into the office more, I am noticing I'm not as productive, but I'm having Mm -hmm. those 15 minute conversations with people that are very productive when they happen spontaneously. I think in a fully remote environment, you've got to figure out a way to manage those, right. You got to figure out a way to get those just, it's got to be okay to just call somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, the what? take five, as we like to call it yeah. here at, at Gallup. Can we take yeah. five? What's uh, what, what's going on, right? I mean, yes. what's happening? What, what's going on in your world to have those pre, at Gallup, we used to have 10 minutes before meetings where we just be super social together. And then yeah. eventually somebody would be like, okay, we need to pull it back together. I think sometimes now in the remote world, we're not... Mm-hmm. 
we're, we're logging in. Okay. Let's get, you know, let's get right to it. And we're kind of missing some of those, some of those social um, pieces. We're missing we're yes. getting it right that, that weren't yes. there before. Yeah. I think we have to be any, any strategies as you think about being intentional. Uh, we kind of mentioned that from a, mm -hmm. a texting teams, zoom, whatever, any other thoughts yeah. on that as far as being intentional about setting up some of those? Um, yeah. So you can always set up the team meeting in the calendar, although sometimes you hear that and it just feels so formal and rigid. So a lot of times people will just shoot a text to each other and say, hey, you know, can we can we take five or can we take 10 um, just to kind of catch up um, outside of an accountability partner? Some people will also just have post-it notes if they start to feel overwhelmed. So going back to that, there might be times when you can't connect with a person at work or you're just kind of stuck in the weeds. And so I like some form of a reminder, like um, I know some people have apps and it will give them like a motivational message every day, mm. or you can have a post-it note with a word. So it, that's close to your computer. So um, you can just look at it almost subliminally and it reminds you when you might start going down that path and getting back in the same routine that got you burned out in the first place. Um, what are some other things I was just trying to, to ideate earlier? Um, paying attention to breath, I think, is huge mm. as well. So are you breathing throughout the day or do you feel like, you know, you take a breath and you go, oh, have I even been breathing in the last minute? Have I been holding my breath the whole time? But that is also a really good sign of if you're holding on to anxiety or some stress or worry. So just maybe taking a breath and walking when you catch yourself doing that. Jacqueline, um, Lisa had a great question early on here about... Um, is we think about taking a breath or catching yourself. And I, mm -hmm. I want to explore this a little bit from a strengths perspective. She says, what advice would you give a restorative responsibility who sees the challenges and feels very uh, personal, uh, personally about solving them, right? Someone who takes these things on personally, certainly uh, restorative responsibility is not the only set of themes that do mm -hmm. that. Right. Um, when we think about our own tendencies, when we think about our own talents, and maybe I'll I'll I'll, I'll um, put this in in terms of discovering when we're going down that hole, like when we're going mm -hmm. down that burnout hole, based on our themes. What are some ways we can know? You you just mentioned breath, right? Of being mm -hmm. conscious. How are we? Are we holding our breath? I know sometimes, like when I smile for pictures, I hold my breath. I don't know why. <laughs> yes. And if it takes a while for them to take a picture, I, you know, start turning colors. Yeah. You're like, just, okay. breathe. Yeah, <laughs> yes. just breathe. Right. But what yes. are some other strategies to know? Like, how do we know we've triggered into that? Maybe into those early signs of burnout or advanced stages of burnout. Ooh, I just, I go, I, it just, I don't mean it to be intuitive, but I go back to just that gut check of, um, well, we know engagement and well-being are closely tied together. And so if your well-being is off, oftentimes what we'll say is your strengths are probably off too. Mm -hmm. And so just knowing, are you tired? Are you anxious? Are you worrisome? Are you sad? Are you mad? Are you happy? That helps you really think about whether you're playing into your sweet spot effectively or not. And then you could always go back to your strengths report too to look through those blind spots um, to just start to identify when you might be overusing them. Um, I'm trying to think if anything else comes to mind. That's automatically what I think about. Yeah, no, I, it's for me, it's been, you know, since season five or six of theme Thursday, I've been trying to 
pinpoint those moments. I think Dallas, we had mm-hmm. Dallas Fontenot on, oh, I don't know, a couple months ago talking about a roadmap, kind of her coaching, you know, her, her road trip to her coaching journey. And sh- she has been watching for these, these triggers, these moments when she feels yes. her body or her mind go into these places. And then to be able to stop for a second and say, okay, I'm going there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's happening. I'm going there. And then coming up with some strategies, her particular strategy was to shorten up. She's trying to shorten up those trigger times. So she's in it. And then how do I yes. take it from two days to a day to six hours? Right. But and I, I, there's probably a lot of emotional intelligence built into that of this idea of kind of understanding here's how I'm feeling. Cause yes. trust me, it feels good to be angry sometimes just uh, yeah. I want to live <laughs> in it for a while, you know, go it's chop like, some wood as we talk about sometimes yeah, or, in your or yard. just be mad, right. Just be yeah. mad at things. Right. But I think calling it for what it is. And then I think filtering that through the strengths lens. So saying, okay, mm-hmm. what is it about my talents? That's, that's driving this frustration or what mm-hmm. is it about my talents that are making me, you know? So for me, I want to just keep moving right? I want to keep moving. And so when things get bogged down or someone, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm so frustrated. But to say, to be able to say, okay, I got some talents that want to move, but I don't have to move. (laughs) You know? Yes. (laughs) Stillness is okay. Right. At the, uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's a choice. Any, any other, as we think about those, because I think that's this self-awareness piece, this piece of getting to the point where you're like, okay, I understand why this is happening to me. I'm reacting. Yes. How do I get out of a reactionary mode? It's that's it's really hard, right? This is not easy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other thoughts on that, or does that bring anything to mind for you as we think about that? The psychology of this and filtering it through your themes so you understand why. I love that. It, it and it does remind me of that emotional intelligence path of first labeling what it is you're feeling, and then understanding why you feel that way. And then in our case, tying it back to strengths, how are my, my talent themes contributing to this experience? And then what's the first action I can take to begin to overcome it? Um, But calling it out and labeling it for sure kind of takes it out of your body and onto a table, so to speak, so that you can address it and, and rectify it. Nate makes an interesting comment. He says a lot of time burnout first appears as overworking. As we overengage, we sometimes forget to consciously about using our strengths. Okay, so sorry, Nate. I kind of I messed that up. But um, I also I also want sometimes it's not overwork that leads to burnout, but not enough work. Mm-hmm. Right, brain I mean, drain. <laughs> Or theme drain. Yeah. Well, and it not being able, there's not enough things to do. Not, not the way, you know, put somebody in a job that's kind of meaningless. Yes. Right. We're all looking for purpose. We're all looking for contra- for a contribution to that. And we don't get enough things to do. I think this may be one of these areas where as we've all shifted jobs, certified mm-hmm. coaches, let me just talk about them. I've watched a third of you change your email address each year since 2020. So there's even in the certified coaching community, there's been a lot of movement, right? Mm-hmm. Think about that. You get a new job, you're, you have high expectations. There's nothing to do. <laughs> like you get there, the organization's a mess or yes. they haven't laid things out for you or. You don't you know, know how you contribute or there's no learning and development pathway for you. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to, I want to caution us in believing that burnout always comes from overwork. Like, and it does, mm-hmm. it does, but sometimes it comes from underutilization and we get, I, I want to be cautious of that because I think sometimes you're yeah. thinking, well, man, I don't, I'm, I, I'm not that busy. Why am I feeling disengaged and bored? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 We, we oftentimes when folks join Gallup and they start working here for, for the first time and they, mm-hmm. their first 30 to 60 days, they, they're ready to go. And we give them some leeway in that. And I, I remember working with them and they're like, I know it's a lot slower than I thought. And I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> just be patient. Like give it time. <laughs> it is coming. Cause if you're good, we're going to back up the truck and just don't. <laughs> And, and so, and then they'd always come back to me a year later and be like, yeah, you were right. You know, so coaches, managers, and maybe even individuals, as we think about this, if you're feeling burned out, but you don't feel overworked, Mm -hmm. maybe you don't have full utilization of those, those talent themes that you have, you know, maybe you're not engaged, right? Yep. That circles right back to what we were talking about earlier of, underutilizing or overutilizing your strains, which can lead to burnout. Yeah. Um, we've got just a few minutes left as we're thinking about this. I want to give the chat room an opportunity to throw um, any questions yes. that they might have for us in this. But Jacqueline, anything wh- when we think about this, just this is kind of a quick blast on this. We didn't, you know, we didn't have five ways or three things or mm-hmm. but we kind of wanted to spend some time dialoguing this out with you and having some conversation i that's the way i like to do these things so got any questions yeah. or final thoughts but jacqueline for you any any other any other thing that you wanted to say or that we might have missed i don't think so i think we covered it it's it's um just even circling or coming back full circle we talked about really just thinking about your strengths and how you're applying them every day whether you are underusing them or overusing them, um, tapping into your emotions or being tapped in and tuned in, as they say, to make sure to use that as a gut check of whether you feel like you're burned out mm-hmm. and or thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have role clarity? Are you having frequent conversations with your manager? Is the manager themselves having frequent conversations with their leaders so they have role clarity and lessen their burnout? Um, bless managers' hearts right now. They've got it pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. Toughest job in the world for mm-hmm. sure. Managing people is, and it, it's gotten, I think it's gotten exponentially harder. It's just, yes. It's just a lot of work. Yes. You know? So if you're a manager of managers, you, you, you should be worried about your managers. The coaches, if you're, if you're coaching in organizations, the best thing I think you can do right now is be coaching the managers of managers mm-hmm. to get in, to get, get actively involved in what's going Absolutely. on. Sometimes they check out, they feel like, Oh no, I've, I've arrived. I've made it. No, you haven't. You've, you need to continue to spend time uh, pouring um, kind of leadership um, back into the organization. Lisa was asking, what are the next two sessions? Jacqueline, what are, what are we covering next? Oh yes. Yeah. So next is inclusion. Um, that has been a, a pretty significant topic over the last, well, even before COVID, that was a significant topic. But um, people we've recognized have even more DEI officers in the workplace. Um, so we definitely want to talk about inclusion and how it's a pertinent need in the workforce right now. 
And then we're going to get into resiliency as well, just in terms of how many individuals right now are struggling with the sense of, of hope and stability. Um, and so how do we start to build resiliency and a renewed sense of enthusiasm for their future? Mm. So that's what's coming up. Uh, Kathy says uh, in chat, she says, I'm a manager. I had to do a lot of emotional work during the pandemic. Uh, uh, and that's, um, that is what burned me out then is just the, yes. that amount of emotional work. And I think, you know, you've got to underpin that now to say, okay, that's, mm -hmm. that's a good call out. That's what did it. Now, what am I going to do based on what I need to, to rebuild those reservoirs to, cause you don't want to just turn it off. That doesn't work. You got to, you, you know, you got to stack, um, you know, you got to stack it and then refill it to be like, how am I going to get this back? Just because you, you got to get it back. That's right. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's even looping in as a manager, the rest of the team and having a, a focus, an individual focus on each other's well-being, because if you've got everyone thriving, focused on well-being and being accountability partners, then the team works so fluidly. For the manager and the employees, I think. Yeah, for sure. Nate Nate says, uh, thanks for calling out the need to have enough to do. It reminded me to check in with a member of my team. I I, I think this could actually be a hidden, mm -hmm. you know, a hidden um, problem in a lot of organizations, especially as we've had so much turnover and many positions have gone remote. Do you yes. have them fully engaged? Do they know what's expected of them? Do they have the materials and equipment to do their job? And do they get the opportunity to do what they do best? every day. First three questions in the Q12. Listen, if you can't answer those three questions yourself as a manager or even mm -hmm. as a coach, physician heal thyself. Like we, we, <laughs> <laughs> right. Got to take a look at that and, and, and be like, I mean, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about for me, what, wh where does call to coach go in the future? What do we do with this? What, What's it look like post pandemic? Do I know it's expected of me? Do I have everything I need to do my job? And am I getting the opportunity to do, to do what I do best every day? Um, you know, Kathy yes. also says not having it enough to do. So I think it's actually more stressful than, than, than for those that are overworked in some cases. So That's it. Jacqueline, anything else you want to add or you want to close it up? That just reminds me of, um, we talk about Q11 and Q, well, we talk about learning and, and growth being the key reason you'll see the younger generations join a workplace, key reason all people leave it. Yeah. That also, I think might be a little bit of this not having enough to do is stressful because you're not being stretched and challenged and developed. You can get bored and nobody, yeah. nobody wants brain drain. No. Um, and one generation that we often leave out of this learning and development equation are the baby boomers because they're close to retirement. You've got a workplace that assumes, oh, well, they're, they don't need a promotion. They're good. They might not want a promotion, but that brain gain is still very valuable. How can we pair them up with a younger tenured folk so you can have this mentor-mentee relationship? Or how do we continue to give them brain gain? Mm -hmm. um, so shout out to them because the baby boomers oftentimes get overlooked with learning and development and they might not have enough to do or feel quite bored in their role. Yeah. Well, don't forget the generation X, like they always get forgotten. It's the boomers <laughs> or it's millennials. But the, You'll be that older generation soon in the workplace know, that's getting left out we're, of we're learning getting development. There. But you know what I'm, what, what I'm thinking about a lot now, I'm 54 this year. I'm thinking, you know, I've got you know, 15 or so as we think about the, that sweet spot. Mm -hmm. 
how am I passing this on to the next generation? Like yes. that's, that's my goal in this is how do I get, how do I, how do I move that? How do I move it on? Right. How do I have that mm-hmm. plan to, to, to bring others up in this, to see how it works. So for me, that's given, um, for me, that's given me great purpose. A, a fellow Gen Xer out there, unite Gen X. We don't get <laughs> yes. talked about enough. Uh, I think they take us for, they take us for granted. Okay. So I think some great things uh, that we talked about today, some great tips coming back mm-hmm. to it. Love to continue to have this discussion, whether it's in the comments on YouTube comments in the chat room, or as we discuss this kind of thing on Facebook, this is not a one and done. Uh, I got one, I wanted to get Jacqueline uh, on here and just kind of talk about these things, but we want this to be a dialogue. Mm -hmm. So jump in the conversation, begin talking about it, where you're at, recognize it for, for what it is. And thanks for coming out today to join us. A couple reminders uh, to take advantage of all the resources we have available now in Gallup access, go to gallup.com slash Clifton strengths. And those are available. uh, All those resources available there for you for coaching, master coaching, or if you want to become a Gallup certified strengths coach, if you're thinking about that, maybe post pandemic, you could uh, send us an email coaching at gallup.com. Stay up to date with all the webcasts. If you like, how do I sign up for the next two? Go to gallup.eventbrite.com. You can see a complete list of all the webcasts that we have coming up. No matter when you're listening to this, we've got probably some fresh webcasts out there that you can join us live. We love our live audience. So thank you guys for coming out 50 or so today, which is a great number for a Tuesday afternoon. It feels like Thursday already. Thanks, team. Tuesday afternoon. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash call to coach and join us on any social platform by searching for Clifton Strengths. We want to thank you for joining us today. Thanks for hanging out. A little shorter version of what we did today, but mm-hmm. uh, we got to get Jacqueline out of the room and uh, do, a, <laughs> do another location for the next call. Thanks for joining us today. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.